Well, what's up, Mission? Good morning. How are we doing? Good, great, wonderful, awesome. If you're hanging out online, welcome. My name is Mike Hickerson. If you're on the patio, uh, it's a little windy. You're going to be all right. If you're out in the lobby, welcome, welcome, welcome. Man, I love what's going on in our church. We exist to help people find and follow Jesus. That's what we go after together. Um, that's the story of our lives. We think the church is all about the people. The building is cool. It's a tool to, for God to use for the people that make up the church. And so honored that mission is a part of your weekend. I know you've got lots of options, lots of plans. If you're like, I thought we were going to like a football watching party and your friend made you come here first. I'm sorry about that. Um, go Lions. Um, just, is that okay to say? So, so, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, I'm not kidding, but I love you. I love you. Now, um, man, there are no perfect people here, um, especially Niner fans. You're going to be fine. Uh, you're, so it's good. It's good. <laughs> Too many. I'm a Cowboys fan. I've just got a lot of pain. I got a lot of pain built up in me. So I'm just letting it leak out here. I apologize for that. I apologize. But there are no perfect people here, um, but there, are, there is a perfect God who rescues and saves. That sent his son Jesus into the mess so that we could have hope. And that means anyone is welcome and change is possible. We don't have to stay stuck in the same hurts or habits or hangups that have maybe gotten us to where we are or, that, or the hurts or habits or hangups of our past don't be the, need to be the defining thing of our past, that God actually has plans for a hope and a future for us when he rescues us. And that's good news that we believe in. We don't have hope because of how awesome we are. We have hope because of how good and great and awesome God is that he sent Jesus into the mess. And so that's what we cling to. That's what we live out. That's what we try to extend to our neighbors and our families and our teammates where we live, work, and play. That's what we go after. And so this is kind of helpful to me. If you'll just turn to the person next to you, hopefully you met them kindly, and just want to be like, I think he's talking about you. And just go and just say like, hey, I just want you to know um, that you are not perfect. I feel like God put me here this morning to tell you that. So go ahead and just turn to your neighbor and just say that. Yeah, you're not perfect. They're going to look back at you. Be like, I think he was talking about you and not me. So you're not perfect, but you're welcome. You're here. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, but what happens is we don't want to like bow up and say that, like to cause shame and create shame. And we don't want to do that later when we're really fighting in conflict. That's bad. Um, but we do it to remind ourselves that without God, that we're all sunk. And we need the hope that only he can give. And so there are no perfect people, but there's a perfect God. And we've been in this series where we said, you know what? This is a new year. This is new direction. These are new starts. Man, let's have a great, wise year and not live like a fool or not get wrapped up in foolish things. And so we said, let's have a word to the wise where we hang out in Proverbs a little bit. And if you remember in Proverbs, there's like three kind of characters. There's the wise, there's foolish, and then there's the ignorant or simple or uninformed. I was trying to make, get like a least offensive word that I could get in there. But it's just people that don't know. And so we were like, man, let's at least, if we can help people move towards wisdom, let's all move towards wisdom this year. And so this is where we've been. We've said, word to the wise is that we don't want to live like a fool. We started off by saying Proverbs 4, 5, we got to get wisdom. In fact, we were trying to memorize this together. So I'm going to have, I'm, it's going to stay up there. So you're not going to pass, fail the test. You'll be fine. But let's read this aloud together. We said, man, if we could live wisely, this is what it would look like. We would say, let's read it together. Ready? One, two, three, get wisdom, develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. And they were like, if we could get after that this year, then 2024 is going to be amazing. Then if we said, if we can't, well, let's not talk like a fool. And we said, let's Proverbs 12, 18, let's read this together. One, two, three. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. 
And then we're like, okay, we also need to be wise in our relationships, so we don't want to walk with fools. And we had an awesome message last week from Jen Oaks who talked about the circles of relationship and how we need protective and preventative circles and how people, we need wise people around us, but we also need to know where people are with us. And you remember this? It was awesome. If you didn't see it, go back and watch it. It's so good. So many good conversations happening. But Proverbs 13, 20, we're going to read this one together. This was the verse that we were trying to put in our hearts and in our minds. It says this, one, two, three, he who walks with the wise becomes wise but a companion of fools will suffer harm. And today we're going to talk about, man, let's not be, let's not be people that spin like fools. So I'll read this one because you don't know it yet. Proverbs eleven twenty five. 25, but this is where we're going. A generous person will prosper and whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. And that's what we're going after today. And I have had my soul refreshed in this series because we have a resident that's been a resident fool for us. And this may be my most favorite one yet, so check this out. So, Well, hey, what is up? My name is Corey. Welcome back to the Corn Dog Show. Man, today I'm giving you four tips to access financial freedom. Don't look, just let it cook. Man, so often in life, I feel super down about my finances, and you know what the issue is? It's because I've been looking at it. Right? If I just delete the app, if I stop looking at the website, man, I feel so much better about my finances. So don't look, let it cook. Here, this one's also super important. You have to keep up with the people next to you, AKA keep up with the Joneses. They say not to, but that's baloney. Keep up with the Joneses, okay? Here's the thing. If your neighbor buys a boat, you buy a bigger boat. If your neighbor buys a four-wheeler, you go out and you buy a four-wheeler. If your neighbor goes on a vacation, you go on a vacation. Understand? This is how we, this is how we look better than we actually are. Okay? So all those credit cards ads, man, you take advantage of them. The more you max them out, the more they send to you. I mean, come on. That's a high number, man. Mine's all the way up. I have, I have six, seven, eight, nine credit cards in my wallet right now. And that's all free money, baby. So take advantage of it because it only comes once in a lifetime. <laughs> don't budget. Just fudge it. Man, don't set up plans for your life. That's not, that's boring. That's stuff, that's, just stop, okay? You just need to fudge it. You just need to keep walking. You just need to wing it, okay? That's my four life advice for financial freedom this year. So pay attention. Don't miss out. Subscribe to my Patreon, and you're going to be doing just fine. We'll see y'all later. Peace. <laughs> Woo! Let's go get some pizza, boys. Oh, I love that so, so much. Have you noticed, I don't know if you're anything like me, but people love to give financial advice. I don't like to take it or do it, but we love giving financial advice. Like this happened to me literally last night. So I'm at the grocery store, Bonds, that's my jam. So I'm like doing some grocery shopping. Um, like we're not opulent, you know, grocery people or anything like that or bougie grocery people. I was just at the grocery store, normal grocery run. But Jody's like, hey, I want to try to like be a little bit more wise on how we're eating and like eat some more healthier things. So she gave me a list of stuff. I didn't know what it was. So I'm Googling in the grocery store. But I'm like, where do I find rolled oats? I don't know where to find rolled oats. I've never bought rolled oats in my life. So I'm at the grocery store and I'm like getting all this stuff and I've got all this like a bag 
bag or a cart full of stuff. I go up to the, the checkout thing. They're super helpful. They want bags. Yes, yes, yes. And then there was a lady behind me that wasn't like, this wasn't like a huge grocery number, right? You know, but she, the cashier tells me my number and this very well-meaning kind lady behind me um, says, you cost that much and that's all you got? She's like, I'm scared now. And I was like, well, I had to buy some things. We're trying to some things out. And she's like, well, it's called B-U-D-G-E-T. She said this to me. And I laughed it off. And I'm like, funny thing is, is I'm talking about this tomorrow at church. <laughs> but I didn't like, I was like, and we laughed it off. The cashier was mortified. Like more, and I'm like, no, we're good. It was funny. It was a very funny thing. And then she walks up. She was very nice to me. I walked out. And I'm like, that, everyone loves to give financial advice. She has no clue like what we're doing or what was in the, you know, in the cart or everything that were in the bag. She just was like, it's called B-U-D-G-E-T. We all love giving financial advice. None of us want to take it. In fact, I, I think what gets tricky about today, so I'm going to need a little bit of grace probably from you because no one thinks that they want, that the last place that they think they would want God to have a conversation with them is the bedroom. That's not for today. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> and the bank account. That's the last place that we would think we need any wisdom from God in it. But our bank accounts, if we're being honest, like the trajectory of our hearts and the trajectory of our wisdom, the bank accounts is a very spiritual document that tells a story right? It tells the story of our impulsiveness, of our discipline sometimes, of our generosity, of our compassion, of our preparedness, of our foolishness, and maybe it tells the story of our wisdom. And so what we're going to go after today is how do we become people that don't live foolish financially, but we live wise financially, and we don't spend like fools. It's called (laughs) B-U-D-G-E-T. She'll probably come here at some point, and I'll just have to give her a hug. So that'd be great, that'd be great, that'd be great, that's good. So there's some foundational truths that we need to get in our hearts and in our minds before we even have a conversation about money and possessions, right? We got to realize if God is who he says he is, and I know we call it truth because not everybody's on that journey believing that, but if he is who he says he is and will do everything that he's promised to do, that means, number one, the foundational truth of God or about possessions and money is that God owns every, he created everything. Like he spoke the universe into existence, I know you came up with a great idea that you patented and made a ton of money on, but God spoke the universe into existence and he helped create your mind and your heart and your abilities and your environment that had enabled you to have that great idea to get that patent. So God created everything, foundational principle number one. Number two, God owns everything. It's his. I mean, in fact, we're rescued sons and daughters of him and Jesus paid for us. So we belong to him. We were bought with a price and God owns everything. He has the rights to everything. Like owners have rights, right? Managers and workers have responsibilities, but owners have rights. And so God owns everything. And I and we get to simply manage his resources. We are stewarding or managing what is already his, that he has generously given us. These are foundational principles that we around money and possessions, right? And then God entrusts his resources to us. Like he has laid, the the creator of the universe has put stuff in our hands for us to be able to do good and enjoy. Like the stuff that he puts in our hands, he entrusts us as a tool. Like he gives us money, he gives us possessions, he gives us abilities as tools to shape our character. But also like as tests that test our motive and test our integrity. 
but also testimony, like being able to leave a legacy of financial freedom and faith and generosity and impacting the world. I think that God has enough stored resources in the world to eliminate hunger and poverty from every single person that exists in the world today. The problem is his resources are stored in human bank accounts. And we think that everything that we've been given is for us. But God created everything, and God owns everything, and God entrusts us to manage and steward well his resources, and that's a tool, a test, and a testimony for us. Jim Sheldon, who's our executive pastor, he's one of the wisest people that I know. Um, I love him, but he has this quote, and I love this. We save less and work more in order to consume more of what is not vital to our survival or happiness. Let me say this again. We save less and work more today than ever before in order to consume more of what is not vital to our survival or happiness. There was a study that was done on uh, like a group of people that are all across the net worth spectrum, like on all across all of income levels. And basically the findings of the study was after this exhaustive study is that they found that happiness and contentment was always twice as much as whatever you currently have. No matter where you are, and the net worth, or where you are on the income, or where you are in what you have in the savings, happiness and contentment was always twice as much away. So if you had two million, or you were at two million, it was four million. If you were 20 bucks, it was when you had 40 bucks, you would be rolling. Happiness and contentment in our finances is always twice as more because if we think we have to take care of ourselves and that it's, it's ours anyway and we can do whatever we want with it, then we're always going to need more to be happy and content. In fact, Jesus talks about it this way in Luke 12. He says, someone in the crowd said to him, so he, this is someone in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And you're like, that's my verse for the day. Like I got family drama. We got inheritance coming up right now. They had it in the first century. What's Jesus going to say? Yes. Like Jesus, tell my brother to divide my inheritance with me right now. Right. And Jesus replied, I love this, man, who pointed me a judge or arbitrator between you? Jesus, like, well, that's not my job. Like, I'm a, I'm a judge and arbitrator of souls and eternity, but I'm not trying to figure out your finances because you got problems. And this is what he says to all of this. Watch out. This is to us. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed because life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Watch out. I got to get mine. Tell him to give me mine. And God's like, well, it's mine, first of all. And when I give it to you, you spend it all on you and you don't manage or steward it well, so why would I give you more? Watch out. Be on your guard if you want to live wisely against all kinds of greed because life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And then he goes on, if you want to follow in Luke 12, like if you want to read it later, he, start, he talks about the story of a really rich fool who had a lot of stuff but had no character or wisdom or knowledge of how to steward it. So what happens is uh, I think most of our wisdom and foolishness around finances comes down to managing these buckets. And you're going to have to give me a second because I have to very creatively put them in order or else I'll be in trouble. Just kidding. Boom. Boom. How'd I do? Give, save, spend. Look right. Give me, give me a clap or a thumbs up or something that we got that. We got that right. Thank you. One person. I appreciate that. We got give, save, spend. So our, the primary wisdom that we need to figure out and the primary thing that we've got to figure out between being wise, ignorant, and foolish comes around our behavior around finances and these buckets. 
and which one we think has priority and how we fill them and how we empty them. Because we got the spend it bucket and everyone most likely has spent money before. And if you're in a relationship, one of you loves this bucket most of the time. (laughs) And one of you loves this bucket a lot. And there the war is. Can I get an amen? Okay, all right. But what happens in the spin bucket is that we have limited resources. It is finite, right? Like, so, but along comes our friend, the banker, and along comes our friend, the credit card company, and they say, you know where you need some more money? Oh, you need more money in the spend bucket, and I got you. I, I believe in you. I love you so much. I want the best for you, the credit card company says. So I'm, I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to pre-give you money that you're going to have in the future, but I'll just give it to you now because you're so good at spending money. And then we spend money over here, and then we don't realize that they're going to want that money back someday. And then sometimes we don't realize that they're not just going to want the money back. They're going to want more than they gave me back. And so it ends up costing me what I want financially today ends up costing me my whole life because I'm paying money back that I needed in the moment instead of being able to save it. You with me? Do you know why credit card companies, I love you college students, I really do. Do you know why credit card companies like bombard college students with applications? Because they believe in them so much and they want to secure their financial future and they want to give them wisdom. No, because they realize it's probably one of the first times that a college student's been out of the house and out of like the protective care of wisdom around mom and dad, potentially. I hope you grew up in a wise house. And all of a sudden they know that they're broke and poor and need money. And this feels like easy money. And they know once they get them on the card that they got them for life. You with me? So we got to figure out what we're going to do with this spin bucket and our behavior around that. Because we can either spend it before we earn it. Loans, credit card companies, you with me? We can spend it when we earn it. This is the financial advice of my house growing up. We don't talk about it at all. We don't know how to handle it. This is how I was taught. But when we have it, we blow it. That's what we did. So you can spend it before you earn it. You can spend it when you earn it. Or you can spend it after not only you've earned it, but after you've saved it. Because what we'll find is that when we put more money in the saving bucket, it actually grows for us. And if we would just wait to spend it later, the bank would owe us more money than we would have to spend on it for the rest of our lives. You with me? Following on our options on spending? And then we've got this save bucket right here. Proverbs 6, 6 and 8 would say it this way. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in the summer and gathers its food at harvest. It knows that there's always going to be a rainy day coming. The ants do. So we don't live or typically say, we save foolishly because we don't act like it's ever going to rain. We save foolishly because we're like, I can't believe Christmas is here again. When is that on the calendar every year? Oh my goodness. You know, we just don't save wisely. We save foolishly. Proverbs 13, 11, dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. And then one of the ones that's here is maybe the most important one is this give, because God has placed everything in our hands. He created it, he owns it, and he entrusts it into our hands. We gotta give it. 
We've got to make sure that it's a priority. It's the most important thing. We've got to pre-plan, and it is a non-negotiable. It's like the first thing every month, the thing that comes out. It is proactive. We've got to make sure that we know where our money comes from and who we trust with it and who provides it. And as an active thing, we want to make sure that we are generous with it. Do you know that you automate everything that's important to you? Like if you've got a flight at 6 a.m. at LAX, you're just going like, ah. I'll probably wake up. No, you are like putting in the guardrails. You are setting double alarms. You've got somebody else in the house setting an alarm that doesn't even need. You're automating what's important to you because you know that on your own, you're not going to be able to make it to where you want to be. So we got to make sure that we proactively are going after this. Make it a priority. I would challenge us that we need to make it a percentage percentage thinking is way more important than number thinking. That's what Jesus cared the most about. He start looking at it. And then start thinking like progressive along the way that it grows. Like moving from sporadic or nothing to something to consistent to like percentage to then tithe or 10% and then generosity. Like growing in that. In order to prioritize money in our lives, to get it so that we could be wise and not foolish, we've got to think about it this way. There's this give idea, which we already talked about. There's this save idea, which we've already talked about. There's this debt reduction thing that we've got to figure out because we know that the borrower is slave to the lender. Proverbs 22, this is what the bank and the credit card companies, and I'm sure they're well-meaning credit card companies and bankers in here. I'm not meaning um, um, like to throw everybody under the bus, but the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. When we've, pre, when we've mortgaged our future financially, we have to pay it all back. We end up paying hundreds of thousands of dollars more than we needed in that moment over the life of term of the loan. Then that's probably we're a slave to that lender, right? You with me? And so we've got to learn that we've got to figure out our debt reduction. Let's go back. So we got give, save, debt reduction, and lifestyle. And what happens, this is how wise people prioritize money in our lives. Let me walk through kindly exactly how foolish people deal with money and possessions in their life. Start with their lifestyle. Well, what do we want to do? Like, you, you know, I remember, like, you know, you made your $10,000 one time. You're like, oh, my goodness. Like, I am the richest person that's ever existed in the entire world. And you may have blown in. That's all right. You know, it's all right all of a sudden. But then all of a sudden, you made $20,000. And you're like, you know what? You're like, my lifestyle's not going to change. But your tastes change because you have more money. And you had $30,000, you're like, well, I'm loaded now. So my lifestyle has changed because I've started, because that's the primary thing that I care about with money and possessions is I care about lifestyle first. So as my income grows, as God allows me to manage and steward his stuff, my lifestyle and taste change to match my income level. That's how fools do it. That's how I've done it. That's how my family taught me to do it. Right? Then you got to move to debt reduction. Because they're like, well, I don't, the credit card companies, they, they can find you, man. So like you got this lifestyle thing, but you also got collections coming after you, right? So you got to figure out how to pay that off because they're always going to keep coming. And then maybe you'll save if you can. And then like giving is like, I, I, I don't have any margin. I got way more month than I do money. So how am I going to be able to do any of this? So fools do it this way. Lifestyle first, debt reduction second, save third, and give fourth. Wise people do it the complete opposite. Give, save, debt, lifestyle. You understand what I'm talking about? Does that make sense? Maybe, maybe walk through some practical tools of how not to be a fool. First, you got to take steps towards wisdom. Like the best time to take a step towards wisdom financially was 20 years ago. The second best time to take a step financially towards wisdom is today, right now, in this moment. 
Like, that's why the uh, like Financial Peace University, when's the last time the church gave you $100 for free? Like, we're, like basically, this thing costs $100. It's been helpful for Jody and I and our, and our marriage and our finances and our life. Whenever we get stuck or feel like we're off, we always go back to these principles. FPU starts tomorrow. Get in it. It's awesome. You want to take steps towards wisdom. We can help you out with that. It's an awesome place to do it. Dave Ramsey's simple, like, steps to financial peace. They're really simple. I'll fly through them. You, like, start getting $100,000 and then, or $100,000. That's good. See? $1,000. That would, that would help in some emergencies. I'm just saying. $1,000 in an emergency fund. Pay off all your debt using a snowball. Three to six months of expenses and savings. Can you imagine how much more free financially you'd feel if all these things were accomplished? And I promise you, go through through FPU and you'll be on the road to financial freedom. 15% in a Roth IRA or pre-tax retirement where you're almost planning for your future. Shocker that there's going to be an end someday. College fund, pay off the home early. Can you imagine how free you'd be if you didn't have mortgage or rent? Whoo! You'd feel wise and not foolish. So you got to take steps towards wisdom. The second thing is you got to B U D G E T. <laughs> Preach, woman. Yes. <laughs> Three. You got to give, save, and live on the rest. Like a good principle is 10, 10, 80. So I, can, I don't know if you can tell, but I am not a financial genius. I'm a shocker. I went to a Bible college. There was not math at my college, all right? So, um, but this is a good principle. Like every time that God lets us manage 10 of these, and I know you don't have cash anymore, but just go with me, go with me. You go, I'm going to choose to give. Because God, it's all yours. It all comes from you. You created everything, and I'm just managing what you place in my hands. I'm also going to save. And then I get to live on all of this. You know what? How generous. God, I may even do, huh, I may even do this, and I still get to live on all of this. That's how you do wisdom. But what happens is it's easy when it's $1 bills, right? Because it's like, man, I, can make, I can't even buy an app anymore for that, right? So it's like, it's easy when it's $1 bills, but then it gets to be $10 bills. You're like, that's, that's a lot. And it's like $100 bills. The principle's the same if you want to be wise and not foolish. Give, save, live on the rest. $1,000 bills, they make those? $100,000 bills, the principle's the same. I had a friend that was like, like take, took up this challenge and the guy told me the story. He's like, he's like a successful business guy and he actually was doing give, save, and live on the rest and hit from his business. Um, so he was being generous because he felt like God had given him that business and wanted to be generous back to the, God's kingdom with what God had placed in his hands. And it was a startup, so it was very small bucket in the bucket at first. And then he would like go to his pastor and be like, man, that's it. Like, I, our business has been really successful. I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep up the give, save, and thing from the business anymore because that's a big check. Like, when you're making $4 million as, as a business and you're going to try to, like, to give off of that, that's a big check, man. And the, and the guy, the pastor friend of mine, put his hand on his shoulder. He's like, hey, I'm going to pray for you. You tell me how you want me to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you one of two ways. I'm either going to ask God to shrink your business so it's a check that you can write it comfortably. <laughs> Or I'm going to pray that he grows your heart in generosity and that it's all his anyway. You tell me which one you want to pray. Right? So, again, I'm not a financial genius. Every time God allows us to put, like, manage and steward his stuff in our hands. Give, save, and live.
10, 10, 8. And you will walk forward in wisdom. Guaranteed it. Let me just kind of walk through a list that I think would be challenging and helpful for us. Because fools, they love things and use people to get more things. But wise, love people and use things to help love people. Fools live above their means. Wise live under their means. Fools, they own everything. Wise, God owns everything. Fools need more. Wise give more. Fools spend. Wise save. Fools trust or hope in money and wise trust and hope in God. Fools wing it. Wise plan it. Fools fudge it. Wise budget. Thank you, Corey. Um, Fools live for today. Wise plan for tomorrow. Fools ignore it. Wise talk about it. Fools do it their way. Wise do it God's way. And I want for our lives this year for us to be wise. Watch pray with me. God, thank you for being so generous by sending Jesus and providing everything that we need, more than we need. God, help us to be wise. God, this is tricky because it's behavior and family of origin and some security and identity stuff all gets wrapped in that. Uh, but God, that's where our, our foundation has to be in you first. So help us with that. God, help us to not be shamed into behavior uh, with, with you, but loved into obedience with you and surrender because you're good. It's in Jesus' name we pray.